Hey folks, welcome back to Can't Make It Up Podcast. Can't make it up, baby. I'm the chief. To my right is the super doc. What's up, chief? It's good to be back in the studio. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And on the mix board is the one and only barbecue sauce bourbon base B-Dub. What's going on? Oh, oh, what's going oh on? man! Well, I, at least he got that right. He sure kind of screwed up the intro <laughs> deal. Boy, you missed a few weeks we, and we, just we, we all go to shit. Nobody would have even noticed if you wouldn't have said anything. Typically, you want to roll into your intro, but today we stumbled into it. Hey, we've stumbled a lot, so you know, and we've been stumbling for the last few weeks, and everybody's like, "Man, where in that hell are y'all at?" And and we've had uh, we've we've done a little bit of everything in the last few weeks and experienced a lot of uh, emotions, good and bad and indifferent. Yep. And uh, yep. it's been a roller coaster, man. Y'all uh, y'all did get to go on a vacation uh, before all the chaos, I guess. We uh, did. This was a vacation to uh, Cozumel, not Cozumel. Good Lord, Pl- <laughs> Cabo San Lucas. <laughs> oh, we're screwing it up good today. Oh man. Hey. <laughs> Cabo San Lucas. We actually had this vacation planned back in January, but uh, when Mr. Parsley's health started uh, failing, we said, "Nah, probably not a good thing to go on vacation." And then kind of improved, so we took our chances and went on vacation. So when you say Mr. Parsley, that's Cat Mama's dad. That's Cat Mama's dad, Harold Lee Parsley Jr. Yes, sir. The scientist. The. Uh, yeah. the the everything, the, the inventor, the scientist, the, the everything. So, sure. so, y'all made y'all's vacation, and uh, and y'all got back the Wednesday we would normally have our podcast go out that week. Me and B Dub were we we almost had one set up to do just me and him, and uh, had another guy coming in to interview. And things with us got really really busy uh, work wise. So we just scrapped it completely. Gotcha. Thinking we would do it the next week. Yeah. And just be right back on track. And then Mr. P. Mr. P. He's got many names. Yes, he does. <laughs> Pepper. As, Pepper. As, uh, as Miller Bowser would call him yeah. Pepper. Pepper. Mr. P. Uh, Harry. H.P. Harold Lee. Harold. Goes by a lot of names. He has a lot of names. D for the grandkids. D, yes. Good they, Lord. How could I leave that one? They up? couldn't say granddad, so just uh, Katie couldn't say granddad, so she just came up with D. <sighs> she just came up with D. And that stuck. All the grandkids call him D. Yep. So yep. so y'all y'all are going through that. Uh his health turns, right? Yeah, his health turns. Um, you know, I would go over almost every morning and take him breakfast, him and his caregiver who was living there at his home here in Rockdale and cook him breakfast, take him breakfast, visit. We'd go back in the afternoons and, you know, it was apparent that his health seemed to be failing um, more and more so each day. And then we get, uh, we get a phone call. I get a text from Lee, his son, chicken man said, Hey, just took dad to the ER in Temple at Scott and White. His home health nurse said his lungs didn't sound good. So it just went down, unfortunately. Yeah, it went yeah. down. So when we talk about when we talk about Harold or Pepper or Mr. P, 
you got to realize I grew up across the street from him from about the time I was eight years old till the time I moved out of my house. And so the Parsi family uh, has been like a second family for me as a kid and as an adult. And, uh, man, Martha and Harold P. always took good care of all the kids in the neighborhood, they especially did. me being yeah. a neighbor and yeah. being me and Lee being so close in age and being good buddies and, and hanging around and doing all kind of outlaw stuff that we ain't going to talk about. But, uh, <laughs> but so, yeah, so it, it's, this is a, it was a pretty emotional time for myself also, sure. uh, you know, and, and, you know, just thinking about everything y'all are going through at this time and then. Uh, my daughter is pregnant, expecting a, a, a son really the second week of March and things kind of change and, and things get moved up. And so Harold passed away on two, 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 two. Yeah. That's Tuesday. Yeah. And, uh, which is the way that Harold would do it. Right. Because that is the most unique, it's the most <laughs> unique, uh, I guess, date that you could have to absolutely to, to check out on, right? He did things in a unique manner, no matter what it was he was doing. He did. Everything he did was unique. So yeah. me and you are talking and, and, you know, and I'm not even telling you about what kind of what we're going through as a family because Correct. you got enough stuff going on. And so I know when we talk on Tuesday after Harold passed, mm-hmm. I knew Alyssa was going to have her son Wednesday. Okay. And so when we came over Wednesday evening to spend a little bit of time with y'all and the family, uh, she was actually in the process of, of delivering her baby at that time. The night that evening y'all were at the, the house. Wednesday night, two twenty three twenty two. Gotcha. So we're at y'all's house and we're you know we're going we're we're going through the emotions of Harold you know as as left us and and you know yeah. and then here we got our grand our first grandson coming into the world. And, and there, you know, it's just, you know, it's early. So we're worried and, you know, there's, there's a lot of emotions going on and we, we hung around for about 45 minutes and we actually had a dinner date with some other friends that this was planned, uh, in advance. So we, we didn't really back out. We did back out. So we, to kind of go back, we did have a podcast planned for last Wednesday. We were going to do, we were going to try to get one in. Me and me and B Dub with uh, our buddies with uh, what's next. Yeah. And I canceled on them with everything going on with 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 everything going on. I just canceled. I was like, hey, we're just going to have to reschedule this. It's just not good. And I didn't tell them why. I mean, I knew Harold had passed away, and they were, you know, they they were praying for y'all, but. Uh, that they didn't know that my daughter was delivering a baby. So, so anyway, uh, make a long story short, we have the full circle of life that happened in, in a couple of days. Harold passed on the 22nd, 22nd and Maverick Allen Kent arrives on the 23rd. Yep. Beautiful seven pounds, boy. three ounces, 20 inches long, two weeks early. Thank God he was early, evidently. He was ready <laughs> yeah, to come. He was a big boy already. Yeah. <laughs> so so anyway, it's just that that's where we've been. That's what we've been doing. And, and uh, you know, 
it's good to be back in the studio, Chief. It really is. I agree. Um, you know, you talked about that. I was not ignoring you a while ago when I was looking on my phone, but no, I that's wanted, why I just kept talking because I knew I needed to keep oh, just yeah, talking. You did really well. <laughs> I can talk pretty uh, well. You talked nothing. about two twenty two twenty two, also known as Tuesday, T W O S D A Y, and our daughter Cassie, who was uh, an angel of a, a nurse practitioner while Harold was. In his final days there at Scott and White, she was able to leave her post in, in cardiac care and be with him. And, uh, and I'm not going to say make sure he was getting cared for well. He was getting cared for wonderfully. But it was just comforting more to Kat and I and the family to know she was in that room and could really explain well to us things that were happening. I can tell you this, and it doesn't matter what hospital, if you have somebody that works in a hospital and you have a loved one there. I'm not saying the level of care is better. Or di- it is different because when they, when they walk in and they see that employee that they always see every day. Yeah. I'm not saying you get special treatment or anything like that, but it's just different care. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave it at that. There you go. Well, she sent me this, uh, sent us this on February 22nd at six twenty-seven PM. Says. 222 is an angel number. Angel numbers are are a way your guardian angels to communicate with you. They use specific sequences of numbers to uh, relay messages that contain guidance, wisdom, and support. Number two represents partnerships. Three twos align with similar energy specifically directed at your soul's progress. For example, Mamo, who was Harold's wife, Martha, and Dee. Uh, together again in heaven. Nice. And she said, angel number 222 is overflowing with love, balance, harmony, peace, and reassurance. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, that got me. I ain't gonna lie. You know, when she sent me that that evening, we were already dealing with an abundance of emotions. And when I read that, I was like, oh boy, you know, there's that, uh, we're all very strong Christian faith on this podcast and likewise our friends on what's next. And, you know, you read something like that for me, that kind of pulled it all back together and, and reassured me that things were in the hands of the Lord. Certainly, certainly, you know, and, you know, I guess, uh, the service for Harold was, uh, this past Monday and, uh, man, I tell you what, it was, uh, it was like, it's like Harold would have wanted it. It was a little, it was a little different than any service I've ever uh, been a part of, and uh, very fitting. Yep. And uh, it, it just, man, I, it, it could have went on for five or six hours. The storytelling. I mean, they're, they're, the stories that they told were, were unbelievable. But golly, the stories they could have continued to tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, this man has done. I mean, just you know, I. It kind of outlined all the businesses that he owned and, and how he got started. And I mean, moved to Rockdale really on a whim, I guess, because he was going to buy. They, I guess they were hiring a teacher and he could buy two. Uh, he could buy a movie theater, a drive in movie theater uh, that they didn't really touch on that a whole lot. But that had to be a big part of it because he was teaching school at the time uh, and he bought a he bought a 
drive-in movie theater here in Rockdale, Texas, and that was the start. That was the start of the parsley uh, powerhouse, I'd call it. The, uh, the parsley powerhouse, the real drive-in, which was uh, out on West Cameron Avenue, where the original Walmart was. Or, yeah, I say replaced it, and then Walmart was there. Of course, Walmart closed and moved out further west of town, but had the real drive-in here in Rockdale, and then he acquired the Dixie Theater downtown Rockdale, which was a walk-in theater. That's correct. Yeah. And that theater was there for a long time. You know, one thing that was neat, Brian, that we didn't understand the the, the value, and the, I ain't worried about the value, but the... He had all those old movies. You remember when they would advertise a movie, they'd put it on posters and have it in a glass case outside, right? Oh, yeah. He had all those from back in the day from advertising those movies. Wow. And I think we just, years and years and years ago, just threw them away. Right. Well, I mean, golly, they just take up space. And yeah. if they're not, honestly, if they're not, if they're not stored properly, they're not, they're not going to be worth nothing anyway. True. So no. you got to do you got to do a bunch of things right to to yeah, yeah. you can't just put them in the attic you know then he then he starts <laughs> then he's he, so he's he owns the drive-in movie theater and he starts frying chicken and he had never fried chicken before in his life but the, with the whole mission of opening up a fried chicken restaurant correct parsley's fried chicken yeah parsley yeah parsley's fried chicken yep yep. Yeah, people call it Parsley's Pull Pull Parlor, too, but it was Parsley's Fried Chicken was the name. He perfected his uh, batter and his uh, marinade for his fried chicken, and uh, he opened that Parsley's Fried Chicken at the corner of uh, uh, East Cameron and Scarborough, Scarborough. which was an old Phillips. Man, I don't know what that was. Or an old Shell station, old service station. Opened up his business there in 1976. The first day he was ready to open up to the public, his uh, fire suppression system over his fryers activated. Yeah, they did. And there was fire suppression material all over the place. Needless to say, they delayed the opening one day. (laughs) (laughs) So like... uh, And knowing Harold, he just disconnected that. He probably did. (laughs) Uh, knowing what how good friends take care of each other and we talk about that all the time on our podcast good friends and good neighbors uh several of his friends went down there specifically bill and peggy cook down there and help martha and harold get it all cleaned up and put back together where they could open the next day yep yep and uh boy it was a it was the place of places to go get fried chicken for years and years Mm -hmm. and years and uh he had two more of them actually started he Kind of was ahead of his time doing the chain deal. <laughs> he was. He was. He started one in uh, Bryan, and he started one in Giddings also. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to love his advertisements that he would write in the newspapers. And Harold was a highly, highly intelligent man. Highly educated, too. Highly educated as well. And thought on a different level than most people think. And, you know, one of the things I like most about Parsley's Pullet Potter was the size of those breasts were I mean it was a big piece of chicken. Oh yeah no you got your money's worth. You got your money's worth. So he made the decision to switch I don't know what year this was, mid eighties, I don't know, switch to a different chicken supplier. And the breasts were smaller. 
Well, he got started getting complaints. <laughs> and of course, he didn't like that. So he's like, okay, I'm reverting back to my previous supplier where I don't get these complaints. Well, his advertisement in the Rockdale Reporter that week was Big Breast or Back. <laughs> <laughs> He had a way to get your attention. <laughs> yes, he did have a way to get your attention. Uh, God, I remember when all three of our grand, well, our first two mainly, Katie O'Neill and uh, Cassie McKenzie, when they were born, he had a sign out of a huge banner that he had painted on freezer paper. Uh, Welcome home, Katie O'Neill Rodham, and had her birthday and all that, and and stood it up out there on the side of the highway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, man. He, man, he would do the most unique things. Uh, you know, he he put the door up at uh, Texas Fajita when he opened Texas Fajita. Yeah, and he said, "Our doors are closed, but our windows are always open." Is <laughs> a car door or is a truck door? Off of a pickup truck. Yep, it was yep. just a door, and it was, uh, yeah. It was a drive through only restaurant. Yep. So. Our doors are closed, but our window's always open. <laughs> it's just genius. And at one time, so after several years, he actually put painted part of his menu on that door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I've he, always said, Lee and I always, uh, we, we were conversing some this week, that Harold probably didn't realize it, but he was the, could have been the first inventor of Crocs. Oh, yeah. Because he would take a pair of rubber boots, like rubber water boots, right. mud boots. I remember. He'd cut them down. He didn't like them way up high on his calf. He'd cut them way down low, and he'd wear those. We said if he just cut the damn toes out, he'd invented the Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> and if you wonder why in the hell would he wear rubber boots, well, if you ever went into a place where they cook fried chicken, you would understand. Yeah, and if you own four, if you own four car washes at the same time, you would <laughs> <You'd> understand. <laughs> Things multi-purpose. They, 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 they fit in ever. So you want to go to the chicken place first. So when you went to the car wash, you can wash them off. That was one of the benefits of dating Catherine O'Neill. Was uh, I got free car washes here in Rockdale? And I remember leaving her house uh, one week night, about ten thirty at night. And I'm driving by in the car wash right on the main drag through Rockdale, right by Dairy Queen, and I see a person hiding behind one of the pillars in the bay. I'm thinking, that's kind of odd. So I turn around, I go back, and I pull through, and this guy steps out, and I said, mind if I ask what, what you're doing here? This My girlfriend's father owns this business. He yeah, goes, I might own this thing in 20 years. Yeah, right. <laughs> he said, son, my name is Dale Wilmoth. And the people of Rockdale are going to learn there's a new law in town. Oh, yeah. I said, oh, really? He goes, there was somebody in here last night racking their pipes. And he was living in that little trailer park right beside them. <laughs> he said, yeah, I'm going to catch them. I'm going to teach them a lesson. <laughs> he should have said, well, maybe you might want to learn how to hide a little bit. <laughs> he is so funny. Looked like a damn little kid playing hide and go seek. He was a tall, skinny guy. He was. He come to town with this police motorcycle. Oh yeah, do you remember that? I do. Oh, Dale. You he know was, he was a good guy. He was. That's what I was about to say. When I, I will say this, so he was really good because he he would tell you what he's going to do before he did it. Yeah, that's what I liked most about him because yeah. he came to school. I want to say I think it must have been my junior year, and he he got in front of the whole school and gave an announcement. He wanted to talk to people and and. Uh, 
explained to them that the police department was having a change of philosophy. They, uh, they were not going to chase people. And he had a whole, whole smorgasbord of stuff that they were changing in the police department. It's going to be, he was a police chief at this time. He'd worked his way up to police chief. Right. Right. And, so when you tell a bunch of high school kids that <laughs> they're not going to chase you, yeah. well, guess what? Every time the cop hit their lights, yeah, the nobody hammer, stopped. Yeah, the hammer went down. Put the and, hammer down. And they couldn't chase anybody. And, and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was probably one of the – I'm sure he wished he – he probably regrets going back and saying that, but it was uh, – yeah, it was uh, – you weren't getting a ticket. Odell, he got to know Parsley's family fairly well. Because the chicken man, chicken man was a bit of a rebel rouser back in his day. You remember the night he hit the fire hydrant? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I remember most every night that we did all kind of stuff. Yeah. That would've, would've, well, he hit the fire hydrant out on the east city limits about 2 in the morning, called a tow truck, come get him without reporting it. You could do that back in those days if you knew the towing company. <laughs> fire hydrant shooting water line, spraying water up in there, just like you see on the movies. Everybody's going to know because it's going to be out of water pretty quick. It ain't going to take long. <laughs> Chicken Man has his truck towed and put in his garage where he was living over on uh, oh, on Post Oak. Post yeah, Oak, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I may or may not been in the vehicle that picked him up. <laughs> Next morning at 8 o'clock, he said there's a knock on his door. He's <laughs> like, I ain't answering. He said, Lee Parsley, this is Del Wilmoth. I know you're in there. I know you hit that fire hydrant and you better come out. <laughs> <laughs> He finally came out, and his truck was bad front end damage. Well, he could only make right turns. Well, yeah, it was not too bad because he could make a right-hand turn. Yeah. And Chief Wilma told him, he said, I'm leaving here, and you better be down at that police station in the next 10 minutes to get this work done. He said, it took me forever because I could only make a right turn to go to the police station from my house, which was a couple miles. Oh, yeah. Yep, quite the challenge. <laughs> yeah, old Lee, boy, he is a one. You know, man, he's so much like Harold, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, more of uh, more of an outlaw than Harold was, but uh, Harold, there's some stories of Harold uh, cutting up pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to figure out who that uh, the, the one in the pool at the country club was that yeah. Martha Kay straightened him out. About. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you what, I, that story was man, that was funny. I just laughed and laughed. You know, I, I didn't. I never seen Harold as. I mean, because man, later in life, he was just working. Yeah. You know, he just worked and. and seven uh, days a week. Seven days a week, and and uh, hey, and Martha told Chicken Man, "Don't get in the restaurant business. He's all you do is work." <laughs> yeah. They said, like, "Oh no, I got this. I ain't yeah. gonna do it like my dad." Well, uh, yeah. it's, it's all the time. It's all the time. <laughs> no doubt about it. God dang. <laughs> Yeah, but Harold was a pretty. He was. He was. I'm not gonna call him an outlaw, but he liked to have fun. He did enjoy a good time. He, he was like us. He worked hard and played harder. That's a great description. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's uh, he was quite the inventor too. Yes, no doubt and, about that. Uh, he uh, loved to try to invent things in the kitchen, so food inventions. And he ended up coming up with a, excuse me, a food product he fondly named the Pepper Puppy. That's how he got the nickname Pepper. That's how he got the nickname Pepper. 
And I remember when he first developed that product, Cat uh, and I, we were teenagers. We were dating. We would get bags of frozen pepper puppies with the cooking instructions, and we'd go to Austin. We'd drop them off at bars. We'd drop them off at restaurants. We went to a food show at Old Palmer Auditorium in Austin, Texas. Hey, the, the same problem that happens now happened back then. People did not really read the directions like nowadays. Right. Yeah. You, if you don't have the grease at the proper temperature, which I believe that's 350, right, Doc? 350. You're probably the best pepper puppy cook <laughs> I know, seriously. Uh, well, I mean, since you got to be good at something. <laughs> 350 degrees for three minutes, right? I think so. Yeah. And yeah. if and if you... I, we set a timer, three minutes. Yeah. yeah. And, and honestly, so if you cook them long enough, you can actually hear when they're ready. Because right. sometimes, if the, you know, your grease can get a little hotter, a little colder. But you can, as soon as you hear that, that cheese just starting to leak out, they're yeah. ready. Yeah, they're ready. And you cook them frozen. You start them while they're still solid, hard oh, frozen. Oh, they're solid frozen. Yeah, solid, hard frozen. And you got to follow the uh, directions explicitly or you will have some cheese explosions. Well, not now. because Not now. No, 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 not now. Back then, they yeah. didn't have a relief valve on them. Right. <laughs> and and uh, so that is the beginning of, of, you know, a really tough time in Harold's life where, where he... <clears throat> I mean, had lawsuits and yep. and uh, went through some bankruptcy stuff. And he did. It, it, so I remember all that. I, I mean, I remember he had a he actually had his own truck. Uh, it's like a beer truck, but it was the 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 trailer part was a fro is a freezer truck, and, right. and he was distributing his own product. He yep. he was, and you know that's that's where you want you know you why well, give that money to somebody else when you can do it yourself? And, sure, and, and you you get all the the benefits of it you know and uh but yeah that was a that was a pretty tough time i remember that and uh you know but he never honestly you never would have known it when you when you seen him or talked to him because nah. got up and went to work every day you just got to yeah. work through it and figure it out and, he never wavered and uh cat and i were still dating at the time and, and people are gonna like how long did you and cat mama date well we dated eight years before we got married so uh, I've been in this family over 40-something years in the Parsley family. Some kind of way you managed to stay in there. I'm telling you, I don't even I like I snuck in and stayed in. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, he did go through some financial difficulties. and well, uh, like any entrepreneur. Yeah. Any, anybody that's been that's in business. Right. I mean, there's it's never just roses. I no. mean, there, you hear a few stories, but... Man, and I mean, they've everybody's had issues and yeah. troubles, and it's not an easy road, and that's why most people don't do it, right? That's true. And you know, we talked earlier about their swimming pool that they had probably the coolest pool in Rockdale in their backyard. They they did have. I remember when they were building that thing, and I'm like, man, I live across the street. <laughs> this is going to be swimming heaven, and and it was. I'm going to tell you, it was. We swam every day in the summertime, and they were so giving to let anybody oh, yeah. that wanted to come kids. over and swim come swim. The whole neighborhood. Yeah, but but. Being me and Lee running together, I mean, we swam <laughs> twenty times a day, in and out on a bike, gone, come back, jump in the pool. Just, it was just unlimited. But now they've got they they've got one of the coolest pools. Yeah, and I mean, 
I can only imagine what it cost back then. Oh, I know, right? Think what that pool cost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's so huge. I think, so I think you're leading to the story when when they were going through all the bankruptcy, and I I just heard this story for the first time during the funeral. The other yeah, day. well, I did too. I wasn't aware of the story, but uh, as he was going through the struggles with the the bankruptcy and the financial hardships that come along with that, he uh, the story's told as by Miller Bossler who who did the eulogy at the funeral. He said, uh, Harold was uh, in the pool one afternoon. He was on a float. On a float, had a drink in his hand, and looked at his lovely bride, Martha Kay, and he said, hell, Martha Kay, I don't feel broke. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, that's, you know, that's just, that's old, that's old P to a, to a, to a T, you know, just yeah. make, making the best of whatever he's dealt. And, uh, yeah, but yeah, man, I laughed. I tell you, what, I told that story. I could see, you know, and and I don't ever really remember ever seeing him in the pool, but I could see. I mean, I'm sure he got in it from time to time, and mm-hmm. I could see if you're going through a tough time, getting on a float, getting a scotch drink, and probably a cigarette, <laughs> and floating around there and thinking about what you're going to get out of Absolutely. this mess, right? Absolutely. I mean, you got to go to some place where you can think and and. Uh, he figured out. He was the kind of guy. If he set his mind to something, he was going to do it, or injure himself <laughs> attempting to do it. And I'll say I'll explain more about that. He this pool had a pretty good sized diving board, right? Oh yeah. What was it, about three foot off the ground? The three and three and a half board? foot. Yeah, yeah it's no, pretty, it pretty good diving hey, board. It was. It was. Other than the city pool, it was the biggest diving board, that, and right. I can only imagine. Well, back then, I don't think it'd been a big deal like nowadays. Nobody put one of those in because insurance it cost you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he had decided he was going to teach himself to do backflips off the diving board. <laughs> oh Lord! And <laughs> he was not successful, <laughs> but he tried multiple times over and over again to the point where the back of his legs. From his thighs down to his calves, it was nothing but a solid bruises <laughs> from hitting that damn water. That sounds that sound just like Harold. Yeah. Oh, shit. I've heard some tennis stories of, of his, you know, he, he didn't like losing. Uh, his demeanor was not really good and on as the tennis Bos- court. And, and as Bosler said, he wasn't a very good tennis player. Right. <laughs> he could beat up some rackets. <laughs> Yeah, I told Lee, I said, man, the one story I remember your mom saying is that the only person who could make a tennis racket look worse than Lee would be Harold. That's right. Man. Uh, that's right. Yeah, Lee, Lee, Chicken Man had that same temper on tennis Oh, yeah, he too. did, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Which made it fun, man. It's, it made oh, it fun. Oh, shoot. Yeah, old, old Harold, you know, he he's done a little bit of everything and, and uh, had just – you know, we played poker with him at Big Mo's uh, on Thursday nights for yep. a good long time. That's really where I got to really get an insight into really how smart and and just how his mind works so much different than everybody else's. I know. Uh, because, he'd, you know, I'd sit by him a lot. He'd share, you know, just conversation, you know. Yep. And, uh, you know, it was probably always Mr. Parsley yeah. until then in my life. And I was pretty old at that point. Yeah. But, I just always, I mean, I always reference him, hey, Mr. Parsley, because he is the guy. Sure. You know? Yep. And uh, you try to show respect for those guys. Absolutely. You know? I, well, Absolutely. I try to show respect for everybody, honestly, yeah. and, and treat people like I want to be treated. But, man, he was always, I, I tell you what, I've never heard him say 
I don't know that I ever heard other than a joke, a bad word, but I, I've never, I mean, people talk about his temper when he was young and that, but I, I've never seen it, honestly. Like I said, you know, in my, uh, when I wrote for the <laughs> eulogy at the funeral, only time I ever saw him get mad was at a lawnmower when it wouldn't start. <laughs> yeah. I, that sounded like, I mean, a tennis rack at a lawnmower. Yeah. Probably a truck a time or two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, no, just, man, just one of the greatest guys I've known in my lifetime, just privileged to get to know him and, and, and be around him for so many years. I mean, he, he's actually had a, you know, he had a big impact on my life and, and actually, you know, some of the things I do today are because I've seen him operate as a man mm-hmm. and, and you pick up traits like that when you're around great people, you sure. do, you try, you try to emulate them. And I'm not saying Absolutely. by any stretch, I'm not great by any stretch, but I, I try every now and then to to be better. So. Absolutely. Well, you know, he went on to start several other businesses. Oh, I know. Uh, Texas Fajita, which was a drive-through Mexican food place. Harry's Six Star Frozen Food Company, where he marketed and sold his pepper puppies, his cheese balls, his pepper pistols, his tamale balls, his chocolate balls. Uh, he has a wide array of, of uh, frozen foods that he sells through Harry's Six Star Frozen Food. Yep. You know, I, I went down, man, this has probably been about nine months ago. And because uh, I'd, I'd mentioned to Lee and Harold both, I said, man, you know, I wouldn't mind stuffing, stuffing some boudin in that, in that deal in your machine and he's oh it'll do it it'll do it you know yeah and so we go down and uh we go down and and i'm watching and i i'm looking at this i mean this this machine was built in 1983 bought it in 1983 1984 some yeah somewhere in that time range yeah uh and it's still running thanks to thanks to a few great mechanics like chicken man yep. and, and uh some others and yeah. so i'm watching this thing run and i'm like yeah it's like yeah man you we'll show you how to run you just come down here and run it and i'm like uh. <laughs> <laughs> i left there i left there thinking yeah i'm not doing that <laughs> it, it looked like i mean they made it look easy yeah but to keep something running that's that old and, and still pushing out product like they do, uh-huh. it's amazing, man. I, it is. Actually, I took a couple of I, I took a couple of short videos and sent it to Dave and Blair, and they were like, "Wow, man, that's amazing." Oh, did you? Yeah, that's oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's just it's neat to see it. You know, yeah, it's just see, neat to see that thing still in operation. But yep, and I guess. They'll keep that thing rolling as long as they can. I guess so. I hope so. Oh, I mean, it pushes know. out a lot of good product that's really popular. You know, he distributes those pepper puppies through PFG Foods, I think. Yep. Uh, which used to be Kraft Foods, but uh, he distributes those uh, pepper puppies and some other frozen food products through them. You know, I want to say, and I heard this, and this was a long time ago, and I, I, I think it's right. I, I want to say that machine cost around 100 hundred. A little over a hundred thousand dollars, and uh, and yeah. think about that nineteen eighty three. I mean, you had you. I guess we're coming back from the oil boom, the the oil crash, right? Of, in the late seventies, early eighties. I mean, that that's a 
That's that's going pretty big right that's, there. That's a lot of cash. Uh, Martha Kay always said that that was her Mercedes sitting in that building. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking that was a couple of Mercedes sitting in that building. But but anyway, that's just you know, just thinking so far out of the box and not ever being scared and just rolling rolling the dice. And here I am with Doc's booty and I, I ain't I ain't done shit. But so for reference, one hundred and eighty three and nineteen eighty three. $100,000 is equivalent to $282,000. In today's money? In today's money. <clears throat> Interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's a that's couple of Mercedes. Big. I'm saying that's going big. That's going big. <laughs> you know, he no, it didn't talk about it at his funeral or in his eulogy or anything, but he was on the board of directors at Rockdale State Bank also. Uh, for many years that's a good way to approve your loans no, yeah, hell I'm joking, yeah i'm joking no he was a hey he was an icon in the in the in the in the city of rockdale and and really probably outside of rockdale too but he when you said the parsley name people came to oh, attention yeah. no, no he, doubt about it yeah no he he had an amazing impact on this town and, and just a good heart i mean helped yeah. anybody and everybody he could help and uh you know, that's probably one they didn't probably cover enough and talk about enough is all the stuff he did for other people. Right. And they touched on it, but, man, he's, he's done so much to help other people. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, just can't can't beat the guy, man. Can't beat him, you know, and uh, transition. Uh, I just have to the, – the community of Rockdale and our friends and our family and, and citizens and businesses and – um, they've showed us so much love and support over these past several days and weeks. And, uh, as the, fa- as the family, as I'm not the spokesperson for the family, but I will be, you on are this, tonight. This is our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, who, who is the official spokesperson then? I'm not real sure, <laughs> <laughs> but no, we, uh, the family sincerely appreciates all the love, the support, the calls, the texts, the, the whatever it was, it was very much appreciated and i think that uh everybody want just want to show you all a little love and and uh you know just show you that harold made an impact in everybody's life you know sure. and uh, i know y'all felt the love and and uh, we'll continue to feel it from yep, everybody absolutely. and uh you know i feel like i'm part of the family too and, sure. and so you know it's just it's just cool it's just cool when everybody comes together on something like that and and makes things happen and 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 I, I will say you know Catherine and, and Lee both are not people that want people to help them because they were raised like that. We don't True. need help, and Harold's like that. He didn't. I don't need your help. Right. Yeah. But uh, hence hence the the. Uh, after funeral party, I say, yeah, party at, at Lee's Landing. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and Harold's got his people cooking the. I mean, it's it's you know, Chicken Man's got you know he's got his crew cooking and and kudos to them. I mean, there's people brought in some food, but they did some they they cooked some stuff back there too. Just they did just because that's how yep. they're going to roll. Yep, absolutely. The uh, Methodist Church members of the. Uh, St. John's United Methodist Church brought some food up there also, and I appreciate that. And then, you know, like you said, Lee's employees were cooking pepper puppies. They were cooking uh, hot wings and, and some other stuff there. And he's giving away free beer too, baby. I, I, that's when I was like, hey, he didn't have many, he didn't have many Lone Star license. He was saving them for himself. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it, man. Oh, goodness. Yep. Yep. No, it's a good time. So, I guess, uh, I think I think we want to kind of show maybe a, a, a play a, a, not a snippet, but a actual uh, recording of Harold doing, I think this was at JC's graduation. I think it was. It, That's what it got clarified to me yeah. at, at Lee's that day. Okay. And okay, so cool. if you want to see the cleverness and wittiness of Harold, this is this is going to give you some insight into who he was and, and how he operated. And what? He said he want to play Working Man. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. song. Oh, right? man. Hey. Hey, right. hey that, y'all, see, that's why y'all keep me out of the loop. I don't know. Hold on. He sent it to your phone. Hold so, on. Take two. Take two, yeah. <laughs> hey, we screwed this whole thing up. So, hey, Harold's laughing down at us right now. Yeah, so, he is. So, <laughs> I, I was hoping you, when you started talking about that, I'm thinking, oh, hell yeah, Doc's got that recording. That is so damn funny. I wish I did. Oh, I would have. Goodness. Oh, that'd be much better than the song. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. It would be. <laughs> well, anyways, we're going to play it out with Working Man. Working Man. And we do not own the rights to this song. <laughs> but we're going to play it one time for Harold. Yep. Kiss Hopefully our they ass. don't sue. You kiss our I ass have, if you don't like us. Hey, ooh, tell them, Doc. Working, working man. 
think i've said this many times and and not on the podcast but he was gone by seven in the morning might come home one thirty, two o'clock for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and then back out back out to work and roll in around seven six yeah. thirty to seven seven thirty eight yep you know every day seven days a week every day <laughs> Sunday wasn't a Sunday wasn't the Lord's day to take off. It was the day to to do what you did all the other days. And he did he did that same grueling schedule up way into his late seventies. On oh know. yeah, no doubt. he kind of started to slow down in his early eighties, um, just a little bit. But he kept that same grueling schedule all the way through his late seventies. You know, just listen to the song again, and y'all did a great job of of, of picking that song. Uh, Appreciate it. You know, I just remember, I just remember uh, that song, listening to it, like, this is the most fitting song that I've ever, I mean, th- you can't pick a better song that, know. That, that explains who he was and how he operated. And, you know, I, I chose that song. I recommended it. And I even, I just stumbled on it while we were out at the funeral home uh, planning the funeral. We started talking about songs. We didn't have anything picked out, and I can't help believe the good Lord led me to that song. On you know, I just on YouTube and looked talking about songs for working men, and I'm like, oh boy, listen to this one. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I just I didn't. There was no plan to choose that song other than just stumbling onto it by the grace of God. No doubt, no doubt. <clears throat> Man, what you know and. <sighs> You know, he's just one of them Iron Men, honestly, and, and smoked probably most of his life. I don't know when he started smoking. I'm pretty sure it's probably at a young age back then because that was a cool thing to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah. smoked to the very end. Smoked and, to the very love those cigarettes and, I, and loved his coffee. And I'm not saying that you should smoke, but we're not there, promoting. There, there, there's some people that are built different than other people, and yeah. he smoked He smoked almost every day of his life. To the Had last a heart few. attack. Drove himself to the ER and then stopped oh, outside man. and lit a cigarette. Finished his cigarette before he went inside while he was almost in cardiac arrest. 
<laughs> yeah, that that story we left that one. I don't. I think you beat up for bringing that one up. Yeah, drove himself to the hospital, and and when he got there, he got a cigarette out to to smoke one more before he <laughs> went in. Yeah, I, uh, that happened. Three heart attacks. He had three heart attacks. Right. And uh, I think that was on the last one. He drove himself to the hospital all three heart attacks. Right. He didn't call an ambulance. Right. But I think that uh, cigarette happened on the last one. And when you brought up the cigarette, you made me think of one more funny story. Uh, he had to be on oxygen <laughs> last several months via nasal cannula, which is the little thing that goes in your nostrils and provides you ox- oxygen. And uh, he ha- he hated that damn oxygen. Mm-hmm. You know, we just talked about how he loved to smoke. Well, he was smoking while that oxygen was <laughs> in his nose and flowing. And I asked his caregiver, Jacob, like, Jacob, I, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I know that's not a good thing. He goes, oh, we don't have much problem out of it. He says, sometimes it'll flame up right below his nose, and I'll just pat it out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Can't yeah, make it up. Can't make it up, baby. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I think that's a great story to end the night yeah. on. And uh man, we're just glad to be back in the studio. Very true. Congratulations, grandpa and grandma and uncle bourbon based barbecue sauce beat up. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe old Maverick gonna be I don't believe he'll be able to say all that. So <laughs> maybe it'll just be beat up. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Uncle B or whatever, who yeah. knows, man. But man, we're blessed and uh you know, you can't explain it uh, till you've experienced it. You've told me a thousand times, and and I know. I mean, man, Kylie, I've got a bond with all your grandkids sure. too. And, absolutely. And, uh, absolutely, but it's it's just a little different when when it actually happens, and uh, so it's cool, man. It's uh, cool. We're glad to be back, man. We love y'all. Hang in there. We're gonna bring some fun stories back. But we just felt like this this was the time to bring all. All that we've been dealing with the last few weeks True. and, and yeah. kind of explain where we've been and what we've been doing. And, hey, we're just glad to be back. And spring is on the way. Thank God. Amen to that. Take us home, Doc. Hey, we love y'all. Go hug your neighbor. Call your family. Text them. Check in with them. Make sure everybody's doing all right. We love you. We'll see you next week. Peace. We, we gone.